0: This morning, I just want to thank um, Andre and Sonica and their leadership team. I just want to honor you uh, for the work that you're doing and your surrender to Jesus Christ and your continual hunger for the presence of God and for the Holy Spirit. Also, you know, often when when visiting speakers come, visiting speakers, we get honored and leaders get honored. Uh, But this morning, I want to... I want to extend that honor to you because you are the workmanship of God. Amen. You are not just congregation members. You are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that you and I should walk in them. So this morning, I want to, Father, I just want to honor every person here this morning. Father, I want to honor them for their journey I want to honor you for the work that you've done in their life so far. I thank you, Lord, for your utter commitment to the work that you have started. And that work you will complete. And you will present us perfect. Individually and corporately as your bride. You will present us perfect. Fully mature. Without spot, without blemish, and without wrinkle. You will present us. As to yourself, God. So this morning, I want to honor your work in their lives, God. Father, if there are people here this morning that don't know you yet, I just want to honor you that you have brought them here this morning. That in some way that you want to reach out once again to them with your great love. And I pray, God, that they will know that beyond anything that they have done, that they are loved. We all, when we were dead in our sins and our threat passes, you loved us, God. You drew us to yourself with your loving kindness, God. And Father, I pray this morning as we, as we venture into your word, God, that you will just thunder above my words, these words, that I love you. And even those that have served you for long, God, will just have a fresh revelation of how much you love us, God. And that love will drive out all fear, will cause anxiety levels to go down, God. And it will set us free to become who you have destined us to be, God. To that end, now, God, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our hearts, God, be pleasing acceptable to you. We want to say we love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, When Andre asked me to speak on the Holy Spirit, uh, it's such a small topic, right? Just just speak about the Holy Spirit. And this is Holy Spirit Sunday. (laughs) Uh, I want to. There's a newsflash tomorrow, it's Holy Spirit Monday. And Tuesday, it's Holy Spirit Tuesday. Wednesday, you get it? (laughs) Amen. You know, sometimes we, as Spirit filled Christians and uh, Pentecostals and Charismatics, or what you choose to call yourself, uh, we often walk around with this thing that, you know, we are people of the Spirit. And. And sometimes we we become so blasé about it, and we think that if we've been baptized in the Holy Spirit and we speak in tongues, and uh, here and there, we, you know, we flow in a, in a gift that, you know, woo, we have arrived, and we are slightly better than others. Thank God. And uh, there is a there is a danger in that. That Paul speaks about it in Corinthians. He says that. He speaks to the Corinthians and says, you have started in the spirit. Are you now thinking that you can become perfect or mature in the flesh or by your own efforts? And so there is a, there is a, a clear and present danger that even people that find themselves in a church that calls themselves spiritual, that uh, relies on uh, a Pentecostal tradition, can start in the spirit and end in the flesh. The Corinthian church was a church that was overflowing with gifts. In fact, it's the, it's the book where where Paul actually addresses the whole thing about Holy Spirit gifts and told them that he doesn't want them to be ignorant about the gifts and then goes about, he tells them that it's got to be in love. Then he explains the gifts and he, and he says again, it's got to be in love and unity for the common good of all. So there is a danger that if we grow up in these churches and we attend these churches that sometimes we can start in the Spirit and we have this wonderful experience of the Holy Spirit. And then as we go on, the Holy Spirit becomes, you know, someone that we reserve for Pentecost Sunday or special meetings. Uh, Maybe a Wednesday or a home group where we really trust that the gifts are going to operate. But we don't realize the important, or we lose the important role of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so to, today, as I speak about the Holy Spirit, um, I want you to take note that I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is more important than Jesus. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is more important than the Father. they all co-equal. The Holy Spirit is God. Just as much as Jesus is God, just as much as the Father is God, the Holy Spirit is God, so as I'm speaking today about the Holy Spirit, I'm simply uh, concentrating today a little bit more on the Holy Spirit. But we must remember that the Holy Spirit is part of the tr- what we call the Trinity, and together they are God. And without they are in, they can't be divided from one another. Then we won't have God. So this morning I want to speak a little bit about the importance of the Holy Spirit and the necessity. Of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is not a nicety, the Holy Spirit is not a little add-on that will make your Christianity a little bit more enjoyable or a little bit more powerful, but if you have the Father and if you have Jesus, you're okay. I want to speak about that, but I want you to realize that I'm not elevating the Holy Spirit above Jesus or above the Father. Uh, that's sometimes the danger when we teach about one topic and we put emphasis on it, is that people think that we're overemphasizing something. But to explain something, you sometimes have to highlight it, bring it out, but then always be careful to put it back where it belongs. And the Holy Spirit belongs right in the middle of the Trinity. And uh, I'll share a little bit about, about my testimony, but what sort of began this journey in my heart is that, a couple of years ago, the, the Lord just started challenging me on a couple of things with regards to the Holy Spirit. And I and I had an amazing encounter with God, a spiritual experience. Uh, the Holy Spirit took me up in a vision. Or, uh, um, and I was saved through that. And through a process, I became... Let's just call it what, what it is, a legalist. And I, and I lost the importance and the necessity of the work of the Spirit, the continuing work, and the everlasting continuing work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And the Lord started asking me, and I asked this same question to a couple of our leaders in Wellington the other day, and I said, um, guys, uh, you know, we are, who of you believe in the Trinity? Can, can I ask? Who of you believe in the Trinity? Okay, who of you don't believe in the Trinity? Okay, whoever you're not going to put up your hand, no matter what I say. Okay. <laughs> okay. So everybody, I assume that those that put up your hand, the majority believe in the Trinity. They believe that God is, God is God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And then I asked myself and I asked, the Lord started asking me this question, Jan, why don't you worship the Holy Spirit? Why don't you praise the Holy Spirit? And it's like, he said, you praise Jesus, and you praise the Father. In fact, you feel very comfortable praising Jesus. And until a couple of years ago, until the Lord started speaking to me about sonship, and what, that He wasn't angry at me, and He wasn't like my dad. My dad was wonderful, but in comparison to God, every dad is evil. That's what the Bible says. I had a wonderful father, but I, was, I had a very distant relationship, and... And as the Lord started working in my life and I realized that I was a son of God and what that meant, and he's a, he's a loving and a good Father, I felt more comfortable worshiping and praising the Father. But there's this whole thing about praising the Holy Spirit. And some of you are thinking about that scripture now that says, He will not speak of Himself. Because that's usually what we do. And my question to you is, and I've and I've I listened to... I listen to worship and praise music a lot, and there's a lot of things that praises the Father, and there's a lot of things that praises Jesus songs. There's not a lot of songs that praises the Holy Spirit. And then I looked, and maybe the, you know, maybe in church history there's been something that happened. And then I went to some old hymns, and I found some wonderful stuff. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, you stars and heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and and I and I started. Why is it? What makes it uncomfortable for me? Why is it so difficult for me to say to the Holy Spirit exactly the same things that I say to the Father and I say to Jesus? And then I thought maybe I maybe Jesus said something about that, and and I wanted you to go with us with me into John chapter. Let's start in chapter fourteen. Tonight we will most probably talk a little bit about uh, a desire for more of the, of the Holy Spirit, uh, how we can cultivate hunger. Hopefully by the end of today that you will, there will be a little bit of hunger for more of the Holy Spirit. Let's go to John chapter 14. I'm reading from the ESV. If it sounds strange to you, John chapter 14. Here in John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and and he says this in 1 John chapter 14, sorry, John chapter 14 verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Say helper. To be with you sometimes. No, forever, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you, referring to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at the day of Pentecost. So here is Jesus saying to his his disciples, I'm going to send you another helper In the Greek, that word means another of the same kind. It's not something different. It's not another as in something completely different as... It's almost of the same species. It's like if you have a cat and I would give you another cat, it would be of the same species. It won't be another of a different kind. So Jesus was saying to them, I'm going to give you... I'm going to ask the Father and the Father is going to give you a helper. Why do you think that the Father and Jesus would want us a helper. Why, why do you think that is? If we have Jesus, and if we are the Father, why did Jesus say, you need a helper? I'm going to give you a helper. Because you need help. Say to the person next to you, you're pretty awesome, but you need help. <laughs> Wives, don't say it con- so convincingly to your husbands. And he said that this helper is not going to be temporary. It's not going to be a temporary helper. It's going to be a helper that will be with us forever, but also with the outpouring of the Spirit, we will be filled and there will be opportunity for us to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit so that we will continually have help. That is why Paul said, if we think that we can walk this Christian life that started in the Spirit, that started with the work of the Spirit, that started with the Spirit of God convicting the world of sin of righteousness and judgment, the Holy Spirit that drew you to Christ, if that process started in the Spirit, there is just no way that we can fulfill it in our own flesh. There is no way that we can do it without the Helper, without the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit not just on Holy Spirit Sundays or at Pentecost or the 10 days before Pentecost or the special meeting, we need the Holy Spirit every single day, every single minute of every single day. We need the Holy Spirit because we need help. But praise God, God, Jesus himself said, I'm going to ask the Father. And here's the thing, what, the Father, what Jesus asked the Father, Jesus gets. Amen? So if Jesus said to the Father, Father, these ones that you've given me, they, they really need, when I go, they, they can't stay alone. They can't do this, even though I did an amazing work, and we did an amazing work at the cross, and even I did an amazing work that you rose me from the dead so that they know not only overcome sin, but also death, and I'm going back and I'm going to fetch them, we can't leave them alone. We can't, just as I have a relationship with you, and just as I proclaimed on earth that I can do nothing by myself, but I need the Father, so they will need the Holy Spirit. Another thing that he said, I want to jump a little bit forward, where Jesus said, let's go to chapter 16 quickly, we'll jump back to another verse, because I want want you to get this. Verse 7. Jesus was saying where he was going must have been very traumatic for his disciples. Uh, They did not think that he was going to go away. He was speaking to them. It was already hard and he was speaking to them, I'm going to go away. But he said, I'm going to give you this whole couple of chapters is one discourse. It's one conversation. And repeatedly, Jesus said to them, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to get you a helper. And he explains what the helper, what the Holy Spirit will be doing. And here he says, who of you believe what Jesus said? This is not a trick question. I'm not leading you somewhere. I'm just asking. Okay. Jesus said to this. He's telling that I'm going away, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Here is Jesus saying, this is a Jesus saying, I'm telling the truth like he wasn't telling the truth the whole time. So he was emphasizing something. Guys, you got to listen to this. I'm telling you the truth here it is to your advantage that I go away. Some translations say, Jesus said to them, it's better that I go away. What? Really? The majority of Christians, if you would ask them, how would you like Jesus being here in the flesh, incarnated like He was before He went to heaven? How would you like it? Everybody, yes, Jesus, I want Jesus here. Well, that would actually be contrary to the Father's will. As amazing as that sounds, Jesus said, guys, it's better. You think this is good? I'm going to send you the Spirit, and then it's going to get really good. Because it is better that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. And you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So here's Jesus saying to them, Guys, I've got to go away, because when the helper come, when he comes, he's going he's gonna to convict you. He's going to work in your heart. He's going to speak to your heart. And he's going to speak to the world concerning sin, because they do not believe. Not, sin, not being drugs and rock and roll and, and, you know, not smoking. You know, some people really think that Jesus came to make earth a smoke-free zone. I mean, it's great you just stop smoking, but there's a little bit more to the coming of Jesus than stop the smoking program. Please don't tell people, Jan says it's okay, I can smoke. I'm just saying that there's more. Okay. And... Jesus says to his disciples, so you cannot even come to salvation. You cannot even come to Jesus for salvation unless the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. And I want to encourage those that, you know, the Spirit of God speaks to us before we know him. The Spirit of God expresses the love of God every time that you hear something about the love of God, something about, the, the, the price that Jesus Christ paid, it is the Holy Spirit that is tugging at your heart, that is drawing you and saying, hey, hey, you must believe because this is an amazing life that God is calling to you. This is what you are calling at the, at, at the moment that you call life or what you're struggling with. Come to me. Come to, come to Jesus. And who does that? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that does that. He 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 convicts us about I'm not in right standing with God of righteousness, but I'm not in right standing with God. But here, here is a wonderful opportunity. Actually, John Piper calls it the scandal of grace. Here is this amazing invitation by Jesus that says, Come and I'll make you righteous with the Father. Not because you are good, but because He is. And concerning judgment. And a lot of people, when they hear the word judgment, oh, that's bad. You know, what is, if you are in Christ, you know what is the judgment of the judge over your life? When every accusation comes against you and your sins is piled up in a list, you know what judgment you receive because of Jesus? Not guilty. Not guilty. That, for a guilty man, To be pronounced good, to be pronounced not guilty is the best judgment you'll ever get. We must stop having these bad connotations to a lot of words that the world has spoiled for us. I want to say to you, for the Christian, the judgments of God are sweet. The judgment of God is sweet. Even in your most pathetic moment, even in your worst moment, he keeps on loving you. And though you, if He would hold your your past against you, if He would hold your sins against you, none of us would make it, ever. Even the best of us would not make it. So for those that are in Christ, the judgment of God, of the Father, the judge is good. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit, because the world tells us, judgment, judgment. And dead religion tells us judgment is against you, and you're going to be judged, and you better do this. Otherwise, you're going to face the judgment of God. But the Holy Spirit is there to bring us truth. He is the Spirit of truth that will set us free from religious mindsets, to mindsets of the law that is not according to the Word of God. And that is why the Holy Spirit is there. Now, the Holy Spirit does give gifts as well, and I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are there for the edification of the church. But, you know, sometimes... And also, He is also the Spirit of glory, and He does a lot of stuff. There's about at least 30, 35 stuff that the Holy Spirit does. And we won't have enough time to get to all of them today. Well, you hope not. 21 minutes. That'll be a sign and a wonder in itself. And I love it that the Holy Spirit... When the Holy Spirit comes, there's sometimes godly chaos and it goes beyond our understanding. But I sometimes, I'm concerned for myself and for the church is that the Holy Spirit has become God's party trick. Reserved for certain times and certain meetings. While He is the helper that is with us every single day. every single moment of every single day whether you experience him or not he is there and he is more committed to the work that they have started in your life than you can ever be listen to jesus says in verse 12 i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now jesus saying to these guys guys after three years jesus showed miracles shown them the Father, then he says, I've got a, I've got a lot of stuff to, to say to you, but you won't be able to handle it right now. Have you ever wondered what that was? What would you not be able to bear? But this, he says this, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So maybe you don't know all truth yet. Maybe you don't know all truth yet. Maybe you don't have all the knowledge that will lead you into truth yet. But the Holy Spirit is there and His job description is to take you and lead you into truth. And what does the word say? I mean, I love deliverance. I love deliverance. I love the power of the Spirit that comes where the Spirit of the Lord. is. There is freedom. But what I've seen in my life that there are a lot of Christians that they struggle and they are oppressed by the devil and they get delivered. But then they get bound again and then they get delivered again and then they get bound again and then they get delivered again. And then they get bound and bound and bound and then they get. Oh, why should I ever try to get free again? Because I'll just be bound. But the word of God says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So there is I believe that Jesus wants to set us free. I believe that we should pray for people to be delivered. I believe we should cast out demons. I believe that we should heal people that are oppressed by the devil. But here is also a way to stay free. Because getting free is, is the work of God. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. But then the Holy Spirit has an ongoing work that leads you into truth. That leads you into truth that consistently sets you free from wrong thinking about God, from wrong believing, from vain imaginations that sets itself up above the knowledge of God. And that is the work, the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, Jesus For he will take what is mine, and he will declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it unto you. Here is some of the concerns that some Christians have if we start speaking about the Holy Spirit. Jan, uh, we must be careful that we don't place an overemphasis on the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing, if it's really Holy Spirit, what will happen? Jesus will be glorified. Jesus will be glorified. If Jesus is glorified, if Jesus is revealed, if there's a progressive revelation of who Jesus is, we will see the Father more clearly. And what will the Father do? The Father, once again, <laughs> will give, pour out more of His Spirit so that Jesus will receive more glory, so that the Father will be seen. You see, this is the thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will not Hoard all the glory for himself. It doesn't work. He's not like us. He's not like us. In the Trinity, there is this... People have often asked me, so who's the most important in the Trinity? I say, There's no one more important. What happened? Yeah, but uh, you know, the Father said, he, he's glorified the Son. And the Son says, I've glorified the Father. And the Holy Spirit said, I won't speak of my own authority. I'll glorify Jesus. So it's like giving glory to the one. They never keep it them for themselves. They give it to the other one. The other one gives it to the other one. The, and the glory gets distributed all the time. And there's not one hogging the glory. So it's okay. Worship leaders, sorry. if I'm, It's okay for you to sing, I love you, Holy Spirit. It's okay to sing, I praise you, Holy Spirit. You are God. Thank you. You are God with us. Remember, he is now Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. The Holy Spirit is Emmanuel. He is. He didn't jockey Jesus out of place. He was sent by the Father. Jesus said, I will ask the Father and he's going to send you an helper. And who of you believe that we should work on our relationship and grow in our relationship with Jesus? Right? Everybody. That would be a good thing. And everybody now that God has has moved from an angry God to being a good father, a loving father. Who wants a relationship with a father? Yeah, man, we sing songs, he's a good, good father, and it just moves our heart. How about cultivating a great relationship? Not just nice theology, not just teachings about, but a living relationship with the Holy Spirit, because he's God. And he's always going to show you more about Jesus. And as you see more of Jesus. You're going to see the Father. And you're going to see God in his fullness. I want to say to you. That without the Holy Spirit. You'll be locked into a historical Jesus. Without the Holy Spirit. You'll be locked into a historical Jesus. And not an ever present. Living Jesus. We can't even receive the love of God. We can't even begin to fathom and understand the love of God without the Holy Spirit. You can read all the books that you like. You can read Passion for Jesus. You can read Super Passion for Jesus. How to Love Jesus in Seven Easy Steps. You can listen to all the teachings. But I want to say to you, you will only get what people have so far experienced. The Apostle Paul prays for believers in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 3, he says, I pray to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ that he would strengthen you out of the rich treasury, out of his glory, that he would strengthen you with might in your inner man by what? By the Holy Spirit. What is, why does he want to do that? He said, "So that Christ will dwell in your, would actually dwell and take up habitation in your heart by faith, that you will be rooted securely and grounded in love, and that you will be able, together with all the saints, not alone, together with all the saints, that you will come to grasp and understand the length, the heights, the width, the depths of God's love. This love that passes mere knowledge." You see, people can only give you what they've experienced. People can only give you what they've received. People can only give you what they themselves have. But there is love of God that we haven't fathomed yet. I want to tell you that if we have fathomed fully the love of God, our communities would look different. Our marriages would look different. Everything would be changed by the love of God because the love of God never failed and it conquers all. So, there are aspects of the love of God, there is depths in the love of God, there is length, there is heights and widths in the love of God that we cannot fathom by ourselves. In fact, it is so strong it is it 's not a mushy feeling it 's so strong that Paul says, "Man, if they 're going to understand this i 've got to pray that the Holy Spirit makes them strong in the inside, because sometimes when when the love of God comes, when a revelation of the love of God comes, I want to tell you that it breaks you sometime. I was, I was foolish enough one day to, to, to pray a prayer. Friends of ours are in Mozambique, were in Mozambique, and uh, the lady said to me, Jan, just one day just pray, God break my heart for the thing that really breaks yours." And I said. I was bored, I was actually bored in Bible school class, I think we were doing Leviticus or something, and I said, Okay, so what can I do? Okay, God, won't you break my heart for the things that breaks yours? The next moment it felt like the floodgates of heaven came through my eyes. I was weeping. It was such an encouragement to our Leviticus lecturer. (laughs) She thought, How did this happen? Leviticus brought Jan to tears. I was weeping. And then I said, Okay, Jan, just control yourself. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. God, I can contain this. One of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Thank you, Jesus. Control yourself. But it was, you know, ugly cry. You know, it's like, in Afrikaans. It was like that. And later I was driving home. And every minute or so, just this fresh wave of, of love that really wrecked me. That I didn't know what to do with, that I couldn't deal with, just gripped my heart and I started praying for people that I didn't know and I started crying for people that I didn't know and I was on my way on the highway and I actually had to stop and pull over because I couldn't see out of my eyes I was crying so much. And uh, later I, I found that I could just pray God, before you do that again, just strengthen me with might in my inner man by your spirit. And I later on, I had to say to God, God, can you please stop this? Because I feel I'm going to die. I, I won't be able to make this. But I want to say to you, what I want to say to you through that is that the love of God can only be understood by strengthening on your inside by the Holy Spirit. There is no other way. There's no book that can tell you. There's no experience that can give it to you. It's only if you are made strong on the inside. And you can't even fathom it alone. It says that you, together with all the saints, will come to know, understand, grasp the love of God. The love that passes mere knowledge. That you will become more intimately acquainted with God. We can't even grow in our relationship with Jesus or with the Father without the Holy Spirit. We can become more interested. We can read amazing stuff. But we can do that with knowledge. But knowledge with experience only comes by the Holy Spirit. Only comes by the Holy Spirit. So here is what I want to put to you. Is that I want to encourage us to cultivate and to make sure that we that we agree with the words with the words of Jesus that he will send the spirit and this spirit is god and he can be worshiped and he can you can build a relationship with him you can speak to him you can pray you can pray to the holy spirit is the holy spirit I need your love today. God, I don't have love today. That that special brother, that special, special brother, I need love today. And it only comes by the Spirit of God. It doesn't come with your willpower. It doesn't come with your resolve. It doesn't come with anything that you can start or manage or try. There's no program. There's no DVD series that can do it for you. It's only in a relationship, and a deepened relationship with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're saying to me, Jan, I've been, I've been with the Lord for a long time. And, you know, I've uh, been walking with the Lord and in the Spirit for a long time. Well, my brother and sister, then you should know that there's a long way to go. I realize every day, without the Holy Spirit, the words that I speak means nothing. Just like Jesus said, without the Father I can do nothing. I believe preachers should say, without the Holy Spirit we have motivational talks. And we're a country club. But with the Spirit comes the life of God. Comes the life of God. And this life in Christ is by the Spirit of God. So if I want to encourage you, I don't know where you are in your relationship. With the Holy Spirit. I don't know where you are. You might be far along the road. And maybe you've got a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to say to you dig deeper. If you don't know what I'm talking about. You know get going. Get a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We can pray for you. That you can be filled with the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit. You'll be devoid of the Spirit. And you won't be able to relate to the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. There's enough evidence of that, that the disciples, Paul says, Be ye, do not get drunk as with wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. He was writing to believers, not unbelievers. So it's not that one time getting it. In fact, if you go and look at that tense, it denotes an ongoing process. So there is continuous fillings with the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you that there's been times that I've been full and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And there's been other times when I've been dry. And I can tell you what I enjoy more. I can tell you what tires me out more. is not being filled with the Spirit. Ministering without the Holy Spirit is hard work. It burns you out. It really does. But when there's a the life of the Spirit, you know, even when, even when you work hard and you're weary, it says that repent. Be filled with zeal and repent so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. What is the presence of God now on earth? It's the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit. He is the helper that has been sent to us. And He's there for you and He's going to stay forever. He's not leaving you. He's staying forever. He's staying forever, but He wants a relationship with you so that you can know Jesus more. So that you can see the Father more. I truly believe that this is one of the keys and one of the things. If you really want to read a good book on it. Francis Chan wrote a book, The Forgotten God. And it speaks about how we've sort of pushed the Holy Spirit to the side. And we've elevated Jesus and the Father above the Holy Spirit. and, And we shouldn't do that. He is God. He is God. So when does that start? (laughs) It starts right now. It's right now. Say, God, I know you. I know you in your death and your resurrection. And the cross, and I know that. And I know the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. But this ongoing relationship with you, Holy Spirit, I, I, I really, I want that. I desire that. If Jesus said it's that important, then I want to do what Jesus says. It's better that I go away. I want to read you one last verse. Won't you forget about Jesus? No, you won't. Verse 25. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. And He will bring to your remembrance that which I I have said to you. The Holy Spirit. Even prophetic words. Even sermons. Even things that the Holy Spirit. That Jesus has already revealed. That you forget. Who of you sometimes forget? It becomes a problem when you're older. You need, the older you get, the more you realize, I need the Holy Spirit. Okay. <laughs> when you're young, you still think, I can do it by myself. But when you get older, your, your strength goes, and sometimes your mind goes a little bit. And then you really need the holy spirit to remind you the holy spirit will remind you of what jesus said you won't forget in moments that you need it even if you're persecuted in matthew it says that even if they drag you before the court he said don't worry what you will say because in that moment the words will be given to you how because the spirit will give it to you the holy spirit Even when you get persecuted, even if you get confronted with people that you're trying to reach with the love of God and they persecute you and they swear at you and they reject you, in that moment, a lot of us don't want to go out because we're afraid of this kind of rejection and we're afraid that we won't know what to say. But in that very moment, it says that the words will be given to you. And who's going to give it to you? The Spirit will give it to you. The Father will give it to the Spirit, the Spirit will give it to you. Where's the Spirit? He's inside of you. He's your paracletos. He's the one that comes alongside of you and is also in you. He's available 24-7 for relationship. Who of you sometimes struggle to pray? Don't look around, now, Andre. It's a lot of hands, eh? (laughs) Holy joke. Who of you sometimes, even when you do pray, I'll get prayed out in a couple of minutes and you don't know what to pray. Who of you struggle with Paul's encouragement? Pray without ceasing. Here's a wonderful thing in Romans. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says, when we don't know what to pray or if we do not pray as we ought to pray, like we should, he said, the Holy Spirit with groanings and utterings that cannot be understood. He prays for you. He intercedes for you. Intercedes for you according to the will of the Father. We always talk about Jesus being the intercessor. That he lived forever to make intercession for us. In the, at the right hand of the Father. That's true and wonderful. And there's a the Holy Spirit Inside of you. That whenever you don't pray like you ought to pray. He starts praying. So actually there's an eternal prayer meeting going inside. And we sometimes join it. There's an eternal prayer meeting. Between the Holy Spirit. And Jesus who lived forever to make intercession for us. There's this eternal prayer meeting that we sometimes join. That we sometimes Plug into, it. and sometimes we we hit a, a vein of, wow, this is really what God is praying right now. So when even in your weakness, it's not only when you're super strong that the Holy Spirit is at you. It's when you're at your weakest, the Holy Spirit says, oh, "Come, I'll groan inside of you. I'll groan inside of you. I'll make intercession, not according to your will, not what you think we need, and not how you see the situation, but I'm going to make intercession according to the will of the Father." What happens if there's intercession according to the will of the Father? It happens. It happens. I've only been able to. I want to encourage you. Who of you have computers, cell phones? I'm so glad we're becoming more biblical. We're scrolling again. Okay, so take, use your scrolls, open the scroll and go and type in Holy Spirit on Spirit, and just go and read the verses. It's a very good place to start for faith to rise in your heart, that there's a reality of a Holy Spirit and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, when we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the more we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the more we know His voice, His inner voice, the more we know that, the more we're going to see the gifts of the Spirit, because He really wants to give it. If your earthly fathers, compared to to your heavenly father, is evil, they want to give you good gifts. How much more will the Father give to you the Holy Spirit to them who ask? Who ask? Ask. Father, give me more of your spirit. I want to know your spirit more. I don't want to end up in the flesh. I want to start in the Spirit. I want to grow in the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. And I want to end in the Spirit. In the beginning, the Spirit hovered over chaos. And the end of the book, in Revelation, it, the Spirit and the bride says, Come, come. It's now not only the Spirit, but the Spirit and the bride says, Come, everybody who's thirsty, come and drink. And come, Jesus, come. For those of you that have wonderful relationships with the Holy Spirit. An intimate living relationship with the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to lay hands on other people who don't. For those of you that really, really desire it. A deeper, more intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. I always... Referred to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit. Then I thought, do I also call Jesus the Jesus? <laughs> and I started addressing the Father as Papa, Dad, Father. I said Jesus and I said Holy Spirit. Not the Holy Spirit. as if, I don't want to talk about him like he's a third per, in the third person as if it's not real. He's as real as the Father is. He's as real as Jesus is. And He wants relationship with you. Because He wants to finish the work that He has started.